Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning, good morning. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Samuel and welcome to Life West. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. So we're in a series called A New Normal, and, and we're looking at really setting some new normals. And normal is relative. And I didn't say your relatives are normal. They're not. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But normal itself, we, we adapt so, so fast. And I actually, I read about an Austrian professor who made some glasses that just flipped everything upside down. Just, just, just simply, just, you, you put these glasses on and everything turned upside down. And, and, and this professor took them and said, okay, gave them to his assistant and made his, 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 his assistant wear these things constantly. And so as you can imagine, like how hard it would be to just do like anything, like everything was difficult. But after a couple of days, he started kind of like being able to do some things. He said, but anytime he would see like a, a helium balloon, it would, it would just mess him up because, of course, it's upside down. And he said pouring like, like, like tea was just the worst. What if, you'd, if you'd hold a cup to pour tea, every time someone would start to pour it, he would turn the cup upside down, and, and it, it just messed with him. But then, after 10 days, after just 10 days, his body just adapted. After 10 days, he could do just about anything. Stairs, he could walk them. He could walk through a crowded sidewalk, no problem. He could ride a bike. He could ride. His, his body, everything, it, his body got a new normal and just operated. He could do whatever he wanted. After 10 days, his body found a new normal. And I think that's really, really interesting because here's the deal. Just because something feels normal and we can operate in it doesn't mean that it's right or that it's best. It doesn't mean either of those things. And the main verse that we're looking at in this, kind of our, our tagline verse for this, is Romans 12, 2, which says this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because there's a pattern of this world, and it can be normal, but we need to find a new normal. And just because it feels okay doesn't mean that it's right. The Bible says that we're not to conform to that pattern that that's going to be normal for them, but that as believers, God's called us to something different. And I believe with all my heart, what God said is true, that it's better. Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. He wasn't like, oh, they're having too much fun down there. I know what I need to do. I got to stop that. I don't believe that in the slightest. So we need to look at, and I want to know what God's normal is. What, what does he want for us? I want what he has, not just what the world is doing. If you want what the world has, do what it does. I, I don't want that. So we're looking at what a new normal is, what it is. And, and we, looked at, we looked at finances, and we said, okay, are we owners or are we stewards? And then we looked at something that God just changed the normal. He said, children. He said, children have my heart, that there's no junior Holy Spirit, that we need to value the time that we get with them, the opportunities that we have to sow into their lives, to realize that they have problems, that their problems are important, and to really just look at that. Jesus was like, no, 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 we value children. And this week, we're going to look at something a little different, but the world that we live in today, who, who knows what this is? 
Yeah, it's a selfie stick. We live in an interesting world. We live in a world where, where, where these things get sold, selfie sticks, where you just put your phone in there and you, and you take your picture. And, and let me just say, I think they're really funny. And then I used one, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a nice picture. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I am that dork. And that's happened to me so many times in life where I'm like, oh, I guess I am that dork. I don't know. I'm like, oh, I'll do it. No, I didn't have this. I actually had to order one of these, but it was six bucks. And I'm like, how can you make that for six? Anyways, but here we go. It's a selfie stick. And we live, you and I live in a, self, a selfie world. Like, like abs- absolutely, it's self, it's self everything. We've got selfie sticks, and, and it, but we're, we're very, it's a very self-serving world, self-gratifying, self-help, self-promoting. You, you, you do a search for self-promotion. Oh, and, and it's just, here's how you do it, and five steps to self-promotion, and how to be a good self-promoter and not hate yourself. And you're like, okay. It's, it's, we live in such a self, 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 self world. We've even got uh, fun ways of saying it. The people they want to be, it, it, it's all about me and I want to be the best at something. And so the, they said they want to be the goat, the greatest of all time, goat. And I, hear, I heard that and I, I heard that. That was just, that was awkward. <laughs> I apologize for that. Don't say something later, Becca, please. <laughs> all of my grammar mistakes afterwards, she's like, so you did, ah, which I do appreciate because I don't want to make those. But I caught that one. <laughs> I heard, I don't even say that anyways. Remember hearing about that, that goat, the greatest of all time, and, and just thinking, oh, you, are, are you crazy? I like, I like to be good at things. Don't, don't get me wrong, but we're, the society that we're living in is, is just so self-centered. And there's so many, it's just, it's just all about me. It's all about me. But this isn't new. This isn't something new. In fact, in our Bibles, if we go to Mark chapter 9, we pick up a story, and here's what's happening. Jesus and his disciples, they get to the city of Capernaum, and let's just read in verse 33. It says, after they arrived at Capernaum, they settled down in the house, and Jesus, decide, Jesus asked his disciples, what you, were you discussing out on the road? Because the disciples and Jesus, they're walking, they're traveling, and the disciples are arguing among themselves. You know, they're behind Jesus, and, and, and they've, they've witnessed all the miracles that Jesus has been doing. He's laying hands on the sick, and they're, and they're just recovering and raising people from the dead. And, and I mean, l- people who are lame are getting up and walking, and shriveled hands are healed. They're seeing all of this. And, and Jesus asks them, he says, what were you discussing on the road? Now, how many of you think Jesus knew what they were discussing on the road? I do. I think he knew. I, I'm just telling you. Now I'll tell you. He knew. Jesus knew. Over and over, we see that Jesus know. the Bible says Jesus knowing their thoughts. So even if they hadn't said it, Jesus would have known it. So he knew. It's one of those rhetorical questions he's asking. But here's what we get. Verse 34. But they did not answer. They didn't answer as if that helped. They didn't answer. Why? Because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. That was their argument. They are arguing about which of them is the greatest. 
This isn't new, this self-promotion, and who is it going to be? The disciples did some really interesting things. But Jesus, he sat them down, verse 35, called the 12 together and said, whoever wants to be first must be last and the servant of everyone else. He's like, they need to be the servant. At the Last Supper, we see Jesus. And the Bible says that he went around and he washed each of his disciples' feet. They're nasty feet. Nobody else did it, so he decides to do it. Peter, when he gets to Peter, Peter's like, Don't wa- you, you can't be doing this. Don't wash my feet. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, unless I do this, you have no part, you have no part in this. And so Peter is just the guy, like anybody know somebody who did, they don't think, they just speak? Anybody? Nobody. Oh, this is pretty good. That's all right. I do. So anyways, this is Peter. And what does Peter say? Jesus says this to him. So Peter says, well, then not just my feet, but wash my hands, wash my head as well. Just wash everything. He just is like, okay, well, if you're not going to wash it, okay, fine. Wash my feet. Wash everything. I'm in. I want to do this. He's just back and forth. He's a little flip-flop. He's like, I want to do this. So Peter fin- Jesus finishes washing Peter's feet, all the disciples' feet. He washes all of them. And then in John 13, verse 12, when he had finished washing his feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he says this. This is John 13, verse 13. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Jesus really flipped things around quite a bit. Matthew 23, 11, he says this. He says, the greatest among you must be a servant. And here's, here's what he does. Is he, he, he completely flipped things. He flips it upside down, and this is what he says. He says, the greatest needs to be a servant. The example that he gives his disciples is he says, as I have served you, go, you, you, you need to be a servant as well. You need to go and serve. The disciples are arguing about who's the greatest, and he says, if you want to be first, you need to be the servant of all. That's what you need to do. So here's what I, here's what I see in that. Is he says this. He doesn't, say you need to be a, he doesn't say you need to serve. He says you need to be a servant. I think there's a huge difference between serve and servant. If you serve, that's something that you do. If, that, if, if you're a servant, that's something that you are. And that's what he calls us to. We are to be servants. To not just serve every now and then, but we are to be servants. And there's a big, big difference between the two. I remember years ago, years ago, I was in, I was in youth group. I was probably like 15 or 16 years old, and we're, we're in youth group, and it was a, a uh, a room about twice this size. There's about maybe 250 or 300 teenagers in there, and we're bouncing around, all having fun. And um, I was running sound and doing lights and some different stuff like that. And this guy comes in that I hadn't seen before, and he's, he's looking for the pastor. And I'm in the sound booth, so he ends up coming up to the sound booth. I don't know why that people think you know what's going on if you're in the sound booth. So they come up, and there I am, like 15 years old, and he's like, I'm here to talk to the pastor. And I'm like, oh, hold on. And so it's before, so, so I can leave. And so I get out, and I, and then I take him over, and I, I bring him over to the pastor. pastor. Pastor Scott was the youth pastor at the time. And I bring him over there, and I'm like, hey, Scott, this, guy, this guy's looking for you. And so I connect him. And I kind of just stand there listening, and the guy 
The guy looks at Scott and he says, hello, and he, he tells him his name and he says, God has sent me here. And, and I hadn't walked away yet, but I heard him say that and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, I, I want to know what's going on here. This is going to be interesting. So, so I just sit there and Scott's like, really? He goes, yes. He goes, God has sent me here and I'm supposed to share for everybody today. I, God has told me that I'm supposed to come and share. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what do you, what do, you do? And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, this is be interesting. And, and, and so Pastor Scott, he does not miss a, he doesn't even blink. He's like, oh, okay. Well, that, we could talk about that in a little bit. That's not for a long time. But here's what I'd like you to do right now. He's like, these teenagers are pigs. He's like, there's just a huge, look at all this trash. He goes, would you just go pick up the trash for, for a while? And then he just turns and walks away. Scott just walks away and leaves this guy standing there. And, and I'm just standing off to the side, and I'm like, what just happened? Like, what in the world? And, and I look at this guy, and he's just like, and he looks, and he walks over, and he sees some trash, because there's 200 teenagers, and there's like a coffee bar and all this. It was, it was a mess. There's stuff on the floor. He could have picked up trash for like the next half an hour, been just fine. But he walks over to it, and then he kind of, he reaches down, he picks up one piece of trash, and he just gets like the posture of mad, and he walks out. And I'm watching him leave, and he leaves, and Scott, Pastor Scott, comes back over. He comes back over, and he goes, that's what I thought. And I go, what? And he goes, if God really sent him, he goes, we need to hear what he has to say. He goes, but if God sent him, God's going to send a servant, and he would have no trouble picking up the trash. And he just walked off. A servant just serves because that's what they do. It's not, oh, I'm going to serve in this one area and this is my thing. No, a servant serves because that's what they do. And when they see the opportunity, they, they serve. They, they just do. That's, that's what we do. That's what we as believers do. We are servants. But that's not normal. That's not what we see. And unless we look for it, it's not something that's easy for us to emulate because there's very few people that do it. We have to look and we have to search and we have to find people that we get to emulate and be like, okay, yeah, that's a servant. I want to I be like them. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some mindsets of servants, the mindset of a servant. So one of the mindsets of a servant is this, is we over me. We over me. Now maybe you've heard this before, but if you want something done right, do it with a team. I know, I just totally slaughtered it. I just absolutely changed it. Do it with a team. Do it with a team. And here's why. Here's why we over me is because I've got gaps. You've got gaps. Together, we can get some stuff done. But we can fill some gaps and you can be like, oh, well, that's actually wrong. That's not how you do this and you need to do this. And, and let's, but, but together, we can do so much more. We can get so much more done together. I like what it says in Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. So it is we over me. 
and we're not all going to be the same. We are not going to be the same. If two people are the exact same, one of you is not necessary. So here's the deal. We, we are all different. We can look at each other and we realize we're different. Like plain and simple. Some people have bad breath. Some people chew gum. It's just we're all different. We're, we're, we're different. We're not the same. But that's okay. But that's okay. And we want to build the kingdom of God. Now think about this. It's we, not me. We're going to do it together. We, we, we serve and we're all different. And that is a good thing. In any building project, what do you have? You have all kinds of different people, all kinds of different tradesmen that come together. You've got excavators, and you've got plumbers, and electricians, and framers, and drywallers, and, and painters, and roofers, and you've got all kinds of stuff that come together. And that's what it's supposed to be. But what would happen if the roofers are like, well, these guys shouldn't be here. These carpenters shouldn't be coming because they're not roofers. So they got up there with the little nail guns and they sat on the roof and they're like, and start shooting at all the other people trying to come in because they're like, well, if you're not roofing, you shouldn't be here. We'd be like, no, what in the world? It doesn't even make any sense. You're like, no, as fun as it might be to shoot nails at people, we don't do that. Like, that's not okay. No. See, it's, it's the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, we're all going to be different. But it's we, not me. And here's what I think the devil loves to do. Is God, you have something that you're passionate about. You're passionate and God's given you that, absolutely. You've, you've got something that you just, you just love. Maybe, maybe it's kids, maybe it's the lost or the homeless. Maybe it's the poor, maybe it's generosity, and you're like, people need to be more generous, and you're just like, why aren't people more generous? Why are they not doing this? Maybe for you, it's just, I, I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's veterans. Maybe it's worship. Maybe, who knows what it is? But you have the thing that you love and that you're just so excited about, and that's what you get to be a part of, and you want to, but instead of just loving what you do and doing it well, you get upset that other people don't love as, what you love as much as you love it, and you're like, can't they see? And I see it so many times. People get mad and there's orphans and we should be doing more for them and it's just never enough and then they say all these true wonderful things but they get mad at somebody else whose passion and abilities are kids and they're like well why don't you love you say you love kids but you don't love orphans and I love them and you don't and then another person over here is, well I'm this and I'm a prayer warrior and this is my thing and this is what I do but, but no it's not this and, and they can get mad and it would be just as, as, as silly as a different tradesmen on a project yelling at each other because you don't know how to do my job. Why don't you do, well, I'm a carpenter, and how come you didn't know that what I did? No, they're an electrician. Their job is to screw up carpenters. This is what they do. And sometimes they make lights work. Like, that's just what they do. Like, but we understand that we need the different parts in so many different areas. We understand that we need different parts. But in the body of Christ, it's the same. We are servants but that doesn't mean we're all the same. It's going to be different. Some of you, you wake up and you're like, it's just the lost and they're on your heart and you're praying for them and you're reaching for them and that's just, that's what you bleed and everywhere you go, that's what you see and that's not a bad thing. We need you and we need to equip you to do that and do that well. 
Some of you, it's different. It's worship, and you wake up, and you're like, we need to be worshiping more. We need to be in God's presence, and if we could be there, man, it would, just, it would change, and you think, about, you think about the kids, you're like, well, they need to be a part of that, and they need to experience God's presence, and we need to do that, and when we do, when the Bible says, and you've got your verses, and you're like, look what it says, and you're like, yes, and then there's others of you. You're like, it's missions, and we need to be going on missions, and don't just send missions. We need to go on them, and that's what will make a difference. If people can see this, and, and you believe that, and we need that. But don't let, don't let the devil take that wonderful thing that's inside of you and then turn it around and turn it into, well, they're not like me, so there's something wrong with them. We need every part. We're all servants, but we need every, every single part. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says it like this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. He's like, we're all in this together. It's one body. We're going to be different. We're going to do different things. We're going to have different passions and giftings and talents, but there's two things One is we can't say, get mad at somebody else for not having that same gift. And then we can't say, well, if it's not the same, we have to still value our gift and say, well, if it's not like theirs, well, maybe mine isn't important. And let me just say, it is. What you have to give is needed. It's 100% needed. We are servants. We build the kingdom of God, and we do it together. We come together, each of us honoring and appreciating the differences that other people have. And together, we build the kingdom of God because we are servants. We don't just serve, we are servants. That's what we are. The next mindset of a servant, we'll say this number two, is this, character over comfort. Character over comfort. Serving isn't easy. It, it, it's just not. I like the, uh, the, the parable of the Samaritan. In, in Luke chapter 10, we find it, and it says this. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up and asked Jesus some questions. He says, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him in verse 26 and said, what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked, and who is my neighbor? I think it's interesting that the reason why he asked the question wasn't because he wanted an answer, but he wanted his actions to be okay. He wanted to justify his actions. And he says this, Jesus replied, with a story, a parable. He says, a Jewish man was traveling along from Jerusalem down to Jericho and was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and left him for dead beside the road. Verse 31, by chance a priest came by, but when they saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. Verse 32, a temple assistant or a Levi came by, walked over, looked at him lying there, but passed by on the other side of the road. Verse 33, Then a despised Samaritan came along 
And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins and telling him, take care of this man. If this bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now, which of these three men would you say was a neighbor to the one who was attacked by the bandits? And the man, of course, answers and says that the Samaritan was. And then Jesus says this, now go and do the same. It's never convenient to serve. And, and I read that story, and I can't help but think that the priest and the Levite walked by, and their thought was, what's going to happen to me if I help this guy? And that the Samaritan comes by and he says, what's going to happen to him if I don't? If you're waiting for it to be easy, you will not be a servant. You can serve, you can pick it up, and you can take it down. But a servant just, this is, this is it. This is it. Please do not be one of those people that believes that God leads through the path of least resistance. I mean, if that was true, we'd all still be in bed, like heads on pillows, like here I am, this is just cozy. God, that is not how God does it. John 16, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. He doesn't say, I'll pull you out and you won't. No, no, no. That's, that, that's not it at all. But we, we need to take action. It's character over comfort. It's not going to be easy. And sometimes we want to serve in the areas that only if it's easy. Well, if it's easy, I'll do it. It's not going to be easy. We serve because we're servants. And we're like, okay, this is it I'm going to do. So when in doubt, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Pray and then go. Like, like, like do it. I say this over and over. I hope you've heard me say it before, but be more afraid of doing nothing than of doing the wrong thing. It is so much easier, it is so much easier to steer anything that's moving, anything. If you've ever driven a vehicle without power steering, you're like, I'm not even going to try, I'm not even turning until I get this thing to move. Like, absolutely, but you get going, you're like, okay, there it is. You ride a bike, you need to move or you can't turn. It's like, it just does not work. You need to be moving. It's summer, jet skis, wave runners. How many times have you seen somebody, they try to turn, but they're not giving it any throttle? They're not turning. They're not turning. They've got to be giving it throttle or it's not going to turn. It doesn't work. I remember we had some, when we, were, when we were kids, some friends brought some wave runners up to the lake. And we had a, a ski boat, but we didn't have any, any wave runners. And the ski boat could turn. And when I say it could turn, I mean this thing could turn on a dime. And my dad loved to take people for rides and then turn. And sometimes he would warn them and sometimes he wouldn't. And it, it's funny, but we had people break arms because he would turn that thing and they'd go, if they were on the wrong side of the boat, they'd fly to the other side. And boom! And you're like, ow! And you're like, okay, so we got to warn everybody. And, 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 Another thing that he would do is he'd go flying at the dock. And so he'd fly at the dock at like 40 mile an hour and then turn, and that boat would just spin and shoot water all up on everybody on the dock. Well, somebody shows up and they've got a wave runner. And 
my, somebody was driving it, and <laughs> some, somebody, somebody was driving it, and they're coming in towards shore, and, and they're like, I need to turn, but they're coming in towards shore, and they, they were going to kind of just, just do one of these things in a little bit, a little turn, kind of like we do in the boat, in the shallow, but they're coming in fast, and they let off the gas, and I'm on the shore, and I see them coming. It was this green and white sea dew. I can see it so clearly. They're coming, and I watch them turn. And as they turn, they keep going straight. And their face just goes all white. And I'm like, ah! Like, what do you yell? Like, throttle? Like, gas it? Like, what? What if they turn it back and then do it? And I'm just like, ah! And so I jump, and sure enough, they keep coming. They just, boom! They hit the shore, and boom, boom, And they, they park it like 20 feet up on the beach. They park it, and you're like, is everybody okay? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, okay, don't do that again. So we, everybody gets over there. We, we pick it over. We put it down. And somebody learned that day, you cannot steer a wave runner unless you're giving it throttle. Like, it, it just does not work. And let me just say, we're much the same. Be more afraid of doing nothing than doing the wrong thing. Begin to go. Say, God, I'm, if I'm a servant, I'm just going to serve. And start to serve somewhere. And then you watch as that now that you're moving and you're giving it some gas, that God can direct you. There are so many people who say, yes, I am a servant, but I don't know exactly what to do. And then until I do, I'm not going to do anything. And God's like, I can't steer you because you're not doing anything. How am, I, how am I supposed to steer you? He's like, start, go, do something. Like, begin anywhere, and, and you'll be like, ooh, this isn't good. And that's okay. You start serving, and you're like, well, this is, I'm, I'm building a kingdom, digging this hole, but digging a hole is just not my thing. All right, I get it. Well, let's find something that is. But begin to serve. Begin to do something. Don't, don't just wait. Yes, Growth Track is amazing. I think everybody needs to go through it. It's a four-week class, help you to know what your gifts are and help you begin, kind of narrow that down and start in some areas. But maybe you jump in one of those areas and you're like, well, this must not have worked because this is not working well. Well, keep doing it and try something different. Let me just tell you this. Go through growth track. Absolutely. But don't wait for it. Start today. Start tomorrow. Serve. Serve. Absolutely. One of the ways that we do it is serve here at church. Get on the dream team. We have a riot. We have a riot. We build the kingdom of God together and it's just fun. And it's not because we do fun things, it's because we get to just be together, serve, serve here, serve everywhere. A servant doesn't just serve in one place, they, that's, what, that's what they are, so we serve everywhere that we go, and we figure out where it is that we fit. But I love what it says about David, King David in the Bible. He's mentioned in Acts, and it says this about him. In Acts 13, 36, it says, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. I love that. I remember my dad years and years ago, he's like, you want to put something on my tombstone? He's like, put that, that he served God in his generation. And I thought, man, I want to do that. Get about the tombstone. That just stuck out with me. Like, I want that to be said of me. May that be said of us all, that we served God in our generation because we're servants. And serving is just what we do. 
We choose we over me. It's not about me. You're different. I'll help you, but you do yours. You do what God has called you to do. And together, together we'll build the kingdom of God and we're going to build something great. Jesus is coming back for his bride, the church, the body of Christ. That's us, a body of believers. But we, we serve. It's not normal. Normal is selfie and it's me and it's I and what can I get out of this? And if I can't get out of this, something out of it, then why am I doing it? And I don't know. But we're servants and so we just serve. Everywhere that we go, we serve. We see opportunity, we take it. We take it. You don't know exactly where to start? Start somewhere. Invite your neighbors to church. Get in a small group. Invite some people into that small group. And then just serve them. Be like, I'm going to host a small group this time. Well, they've kind of officially started, but jump in there, get a meeting with, with Joel, who's leading the small groups, and be like, well, how can I do this? I just, I just want to host one. Begin somewhere. Well, I don't know exactly what to do. Nobody does. You're not going to have every answer, but start somewhere. Just begin to serve. And then watch God as he directs you because you're moving. Because you're moving. And remember this, we grow as we go. It will get easier and easier. I love mountain biking. It's something that we do as a family. We have an absolute riot doing it. We have so much fun. But I know that if I want to get better biking... I've got a bike. That's how you get better at biking. It's not looking at pictures of bikes or, or Instagram of other people biking or cool videos of other people biking. It's, it's biking. That's how I get better at biking. And there's very little I can do to really get better biking unless I'm on my bike. That's, that's how you get better. We grow as we go. My legs are going to get stronger the more I go. That, that, that's how it works. It's the same in the kingdom of God. You're going to start and you're like, well, I don't know about this, and, and, but we're servants, so this is just what we do. And you make that decision, and at first, it's not the easiest thing, but you're going to grow as you go. You're going to grow in God. You're going to hear God use you in this. You're going to get excited because God's using you. You're going to be, he's going to direct you, and you're going to be like, okay, you're going to find that, that niche, and you're going to move over into some different things. You're planting great seeds as you go, it's, but you're getting better. You're hearing God's voice more. You're loving it more. You're finding where you fit and what God's called you to do, and you're making a difference in this world. We are servants. We don't just serve. And we serve because we're servants. That's just what we do. And let it be said about us, what was said about King David, that he served or that she served the purpose of God in their generation. We served. We served those around us. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.